wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. What's up, homies? I'm so glad that you're here. I have to tell you, I'm officially a rancher, officially a homesteader. Here's how we know. I have worn... I have earned a hole in my work gloves. This has never happened to me before. And I just feel like it's worthy of an announcement that I've officially joined the ranks of the homesteaders, people who actually use gloves and actually wear them out. I didn't even know you could wear out work gloves because have I ever done that before? No. (laughs) So glad to be here. Glad that you're here too. You guys, today we get to be talking about part two of how we can use the 10 intentional questions and how I'm using them to build my barn. But before we jump into into that, a really fun announcement for you. For the past few months, I have been revamping the Home Love Lab. I've realized that there's been a few things missing, that there are some improvements that I'd really like to make. And so... I have shut down the Home Love Lab and we are reopening our doors as the knowing in two weeks time. So we are going to be starting, our first call is going to be November 15th, that's a Tuesday. Uh, We'll be having two live coaching calls each week, one focused on design, one focused on relationships. Every month we are going to be highlighting a different room in your house or a different space in your house. And the reason why I say space is because sometimes we got to talk about our hallways. Sometimes we got to talk about our entry room space. Are those rooms? I don't know. We're calling them rooms. We're calling them spaces. We're going to choose one of these every month. And we're also going to choose a relationship to focus on. So not only are we going to be going deep into how you can create something aesthetic in this space and like tips and tricks about styling, how to do it without blowing your top or blowing your budget, um, how to be conscientious and how to create deep and rich meaning, but also how to, how to really connect with one of your six most important relationships. Now, again, these are the relationship with God, yourself, your spouse, your children, your guests, the earth. Is that it? That's it. And the earth. We got it. (laughs) All of a sudden, my counter went off. Okay. So these are your six-fold connections. And we want to make sure that you know how to approach these connections from, from confidence and from peace and from calm. And so that when you're, you're designing your house, you're informed first and foremost by these relationships, by these connections. And then as we do this as a pattern over and over again, over a whole year together, you're going to understand first how to apply this to any space. You could do this with your car. You could do this with your clothes. You could do this process with anything like tangible you're making a decision about, but also you can do all the relationships in each room. So while we're just paring it down to one room and one relationship each month, so you can get hyper-focused, you're going to start learning how to expand that focus and run with this process. 
still, I'm so excited that we are opening our doors November 15th. Applications are now open. If you have been waiting or thinking about a home renovation and if, if you've been putting it off, now is the time to let yourself dream big. Now is the time to go for your most important goals, being your relationships and how to use the place where you are in most of your life, how to use these two things and combine them so they're working together for you. We're using the most expensive thing you're ever going to buy, your house. And we're going to turn it into your biggest champion. That is why I want you in the knowing. We're calling it the knowing because I want you to know, like deep in your bones, know. I want you to join the ranks of these mothers who know all of us together. We know that our house is not about our house. We know that if we want cleanliness in our house, the way to cleanliness is through kindness and clarity. And then cleanliness comes. But if we just choose to focus on cleanliness, then we miss out on both clarity and kindness. And we feel stuck in the rut of cleanliness. We don't need to live our lives this way. We have other things to do. We have people to love. So let's go. I would just like to take a moment and show you that I have a spider on my microphone. This is terrifying. Do you see this? Okay, well, you know what? If you're just listening on the on the podcast, you can go look that up on the YouTube channel. We are ready to go. We're rolling. <laughs> okay, so let's jump in to the barn. So last time we talked about the three questions that correspond with emotional self-sufficiency and our relationship connections. This is the first pillar of the 4D home design process called clarity. Next, we're going to be jumping into the second pillar, which is called simplicity. There are three questions here that we want to ask. Uh, and if you want to go through these questions with me for every single room of your house, join the knowing. What's up? We're going to be, this is the format. This is how we're going to be doing it. We're going deep. I'll coach you live. I'll answer all of your questions. So here we go. Simplicity. This is another way to look at function. The how we do things around our house. Okay. So the reason we want to do this is because we got to be practical. Like we want to use our houses. They, they need to work for us and we need to be thinking about how we specifically want them to work for us. Okay. So question number four out of 10 is what do I specifically want to do here? Daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. This might be the same question. It might be like, yeah, in this place, I want to take off my shoes. That's what I want to do in this place. This is the mudroom. That is what we do. But as we think about these four different time frames daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly, different things come up. Do you want to be cleaning it daily? Maybe you do. Do you want to be cleaning it weekly? How about monthly? How about yearly? What kind of transitions do you need to be going through to make this space ready for the seasons? Maybe there's even a quarterly you want to add in. You're allowed. You're allowed to change these questions to suit you if you'd like. So for this barn that we're building that we finished all of the arches on just yesterday, we are Quonset Hut Arch connoisseurs and professionals. Turns out. <laughs> and by we, I mean my husband. So thanks, Chase. So with our barn, what do we specifically want to do here? There are a few things that are really important to me that we do in this barn. First is we want to be warm in this barn. It's very important to me. 
that this is a place where it's out of the wind, it's out of the elements, and that my kids can like ride their bikes and their skateboards. So that is why we chose to do a concrete bottom. There was big discussion about do we just do gravel? Um, do we do we take the time and the expense to prep a foundation? How do we want to do this? And we chose concrete and those reasons are really important to me. I want my kids every day to be out playing, especially in the winter time. Um, I also want to be able to have a climbing wall in there. So I want concrete so that I can put some really good pads down. I don't want to put my pads on gravel. That just bugs me. <laughs> Could I get over it? Sure, but I don't want to. Um, I also want to dance in this room. So we chose concrete. I also want my husband to be able to do his welding and his woodworking and all of his inventions and tinkering and have a place for all of his tools in one place that we can make fun and organized. Does he think it's fun to be organized? Unsure. Do I? Yes. <laughs> That's what I want to do in this space. Um, I want him to be able to weekly daily, if not daily, be using this barn to take care of the things he needs to take care of. We believe in our family. One of our principles, one of our founding values <laughs> is have the right tools. So we spend a lot of time becoming prepared so that the job itself can be easier. And so as he accumulates his physical tools to physically do the things around the homestead that I ask him to do <laughs> and that he wants to do, um, he needs a place for those so that they can be kept in workable condition. Further, something that I really value is hanging out with my friends and being with our community and having a place, again, that's warm where the kids can play or that we can have dances, uh, that we can have potluck dinners, whatever it is, and be connected with nature. And so on a weekly basis, I wanna be having people inside of our barn to use it. And so all of these things are contributing to the way we're building. Do I want to be climbing seven flights of stairs a day? No. So we'll have a couple of flights of stairs in there. This Kwanzaa hut ended up being much taller than we thought. Maybe we can put a loft in a third level. I'm not sure, which is awesome. Um, but on the top level, I'm not going to be putting my essentials for daily life at the barn. Like I'm going to have my broom down at the bottom. I'm going to be sweeping that thing out. I would guess monthly, potentially quarterly. Um, we want to make sure that we have good venting for if ever we need a heater in there so that we, we can be safe. We want to make sure that every month we're able to keep our temperature. <laughs> so with the seasons, we're going to want to have a cooling situation. We're going to want to have a warming situation. We're going to spray foam the inside of this Quonset hut so that we can keep us warm and cool, right? Temperature control. Yearly, as I was pondering this question, this came to me like, I want to have a big Christmas party. Have I ever been one to say, let's have everyone we know over for a Christmas party? No, that's not really how I like to entertain. I'm not a big partier um, that I throw, hostess, I guess. Um, I like to connect with people one-on-one -on -one in my space usually. But how fun to have a space big enough that I could have some community members over to celebrate like Nutcracker style, <laughs> the Christmas season. You know the Nutcracker at the very first where they're at that party all together. I'm like, I want a party, but I don't want people to have to wear party dresses. Just a reason to get together, a reason to dance, a reason to sing, a reason to remember. That's what I want. So this is gonna be a yearly thing at our barn. All right, question number five. 
What is the easiest to me and most fun to me way to accomplish this? So we have our what's like, what do we want to do? And then how do we want to do it? And the most important about this thing about this question is that these are to you. I'm asking you, what's the easiest to you way and the most fun to you way? This means if it's not fun to you to, I don't know, paint with acrylics, the inside of your medicine cabinet mirror, I don't know, don't do it. But if it is fun to you and you're like, that would just make this space so fun and I love painting and that would be wonderful, then do it and use whatever medium you want. I was being interviewed by the Hey Sister podcast recently and and we were talking about how I just love to have fun and if it's not fun, it's not worth it. And one of the sisters was like, hey, listen, I don't know about all this fun that you're talking about sounds a little reckless. And I was like, well, that's not fun to you. My kind of fun is not your kind of fun. So what's your kind of fun? Is it organizing? Is it taking things slow? Is it doing things alone? Is it doing things in groups? Is it hiring professional help? Is it doing it all yourself? How do you want to do this in a way that's fun to you? Do you want to make it super artsy, craftsy, interpretive, symbolic? Do you want to make it very literal, straightforward, modern, clean? Like how, to, what to you brings you joy and wonder and delight? And what's the easiest way? We want to talk about the easiest way because so often we think that there's a better way, but whatever comes easily to you, whatever your first inclination of how to get the job done is run with it. Because here's why it might take you I don't know, a couple extra hours, a couple extra days to do things your way. But you don't have to stop and ask for directions and second guess yourself and spend all that emotional energy and all of that time trying to figure out the best way. Now, I'm not saying don't do your research and just do things helter skelter. This is another paradox, right? Like figure out what actually needs to be done. But don't spend so much time figuring out the exact perfect right way to do it and trying to do it that way that it act, you never do it or it takes so much longer to get done. A way will get you there and choose your way. Um, this reminds me of the Princess Bride because life reminds me of the Princess Bride. And when, when they're, they're up on the cliffs of insanity and, and he... Fezzik is being instructed, like, do it your way. And he's like, my way? What's my way? And, and the dude, Sicilian, I can't even remember his name. How embarrassing. Um, he's like, hit him with a rock. And he's like, well, okay. okay. Now, if you read the book, you learn that really he's a, like a super amazing wrestler and he's this world champion. He can like wrestle 20 men at a time and win. And so when he's saying like, do it your way, he's probably saying just like, use your body, use your brute force. He's like, I don't care, hit him with a rock. But then what does Fezzik do? He like takes a rock. He's like waiting behind the book boulders and he throws a rock at Wesley when he comes around the corner, but he misses on purpose. He's like, hey. This isn't my way. I did this, Vicini, oh, thank goodness. I have a good friend named Vasani now and it just was very confusing to my brain. Okay, so Vicini's like, he's like, he told me to use a rock, but that's not my, I'm doing this my way. So we saw this battle going on in his head of, how am I gonna do this assignment? 
this is what I was told is the right way. He tried it, which is fine. He didn't quite know what to do at first. And then he's like, this isn't working for me. We're going to wrestle. So this is what I want you to be thinking about. Like, here are ways that other people have done it. I could try that if I want. You totally can. But then always know that their way is not going to be your way and be up for adapting. So for me, the easiest to me way is to say, hey, Chase, (laughs) this is my vision. This is what I want to do. What do you think? And he loves to execute details and to figure out how to do it and to get the right tools to get it done and to make sure the systems work. Like he's such a great systems guy. And so that's a fun part of our relationship that we work together like this. That's the easiest way to me. Now there's sometimes where he says no. And there was a long time in our marriage where he couldn't do any of that. So then the easiest way to me is to call somebody who knows how to do it and have them either teach me or have them do it. Uh, I can read books, I can watch videos, and that's fine, but that's not as easy to me as having somebody come and do it with me, like a mentor or a friend. So that's the easiest and the most fun to me, and that's my first choice of how to do things. So when I'm talking about like first building the barn, um, that's how I like to do it. And if I'm talking about the things that I want to be doing in my barn, like sweeping, I want my kids to be sweeping with me. That seems fun. I got to get a few more brooms. If I want my kids to really be helping me with the maintenance in this large space that we've just constructed, I need a few more tools. If I want to have a dance here, I need to think about like, how is the flow of traffic going to work with this loft that I'm planning? Do I want the dance in the loft? Do I want the dance down at the loft? What's the most fun? And to me, I think it's fun to do both. And I want to have the dance in both, but I want upstairs to be able to look out over the sunset. So I'm going to have to figure out some windows, right? And this seems easy to me or like the most fun. Is there another way besides the way that I'm thinking of to do windows on a Quonset hut on the end caps? Like, yeah, but the way that I want to do it is a smorgasbord of vintage windows that I can get for free or cheap. And I just want to plaster them all up everywhere. And I want to have French doors onto the veranda. That's my vision. That seems fun to me. That seems easy to me because I'm bought into it. Are there other ways to do windows? Could I get light through doing like slats and I don't know, like a trillion other ways? Like, sure, of course I could. But this one is fun. And I've learned to really lean into these strokes of inspiration that just seem really fun to me. Is this going to be how it ends up? Is this window idea that I have for my Kwanzaa, is this going to be the way that ends up coming to fruition? Probably not. It's probably going to be different. Already I showed Chase and he was like, well, where are we going to put the posts? Does that mean that we need to figure out like structurally how to frame out each window? And I was like, oh man, yeah. And he was like, all right. And I was like, well, look at this one. These ones are more symmetrical. And he was like, and I can run posts. Let's go with this idea that's more symmetrical instead of this one that's just more mayhem, chaos, fun. Fun to me, right? Fun to him is like, let's just do this so simple. Um, So that we could compromise our ideas. And because I really think it's most fun to have Chase do the work, (laughs) he can do it however he wants, right? So this is how it comes together and how it morphs and how it evolves in a really fun way. All right, the sixth question. This is our last one for today. What are the bare necessities? Now, we want to think about it this way because if we can strip everything down to their base level function, um, we will be really clear about the minimum viable product. 
So when we're designing or when we're building relationships or when we're instigating new traditions or when we're moving in a creative way in the world, we want to know what the goal is and what the minimum goal is. So for instance, with my, with my, my barn, the minimum goal is to get out of the weather. And then there are lots of other goals that fall in behind that. But the primary goal is have a place that's out of the weather. So when budgets go over, which they have, and when time goes over, which they have, and when things go on, like how they weren't, I wasn't planning for, I can know what to cut. Because while I would love for my kids to be able to play soccer in the Guanza hut, like if they don't play soccer in there, they can play soccer outside. And the minimum viable product is to be out of the weather. It is not to be the skate park. If that needs to happen somewhere else, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because I know my priority. Okay. I know that I want to be healthy and I want to show up for my family in a way that's present and real and open. Even if things are hard, even if there's um, unpleasant emotions involved, I want to be open and to really experience them. That is how I want to show up. And if the chaos gets to be overwhelming to my neurology, then the bare necessity goes back to this priority of my my family and my ability to be present. So I know it's not worth it to me to get let myself get really sick or to let myself close off and um, show up in a way that I don't want to show up. These are my relational design priorities. We have to know what these are. And then everything else gets stripped away. We have to have our eye on that goal and let everything else fall by the wayside or we get caught up in the minutia and we end up sacrificing our goals because we haven't defined them. This is when we get at the end of a project and we regret things it's when we haven't clearly defined our goals. If you clearly define your goal, you will never regret a design decision you make. If the goal is to get a couch in the space, period, then you can always feel accomplished if you got a couch in that space, even if the color was a little off or even if the texture is kind of annoying or even if it doesn't recline quite how you want it. Like you will know that your ultimate priority, the minimum viable product was a couch in the space. But if your minimum viable product was a place for me to recline and watch TV, that might look a little bit different. Do you see? Do you see how these bare necessities, these simple decisions are going to affect your whole entire house, your schema, what you do physically in the world and how you experience it emotionally. So important. Okay, y'all take these three questions and run with them with your own space. See where you get, see how you can make this uh, specific about what you want to do on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. Make a long list, list everything you can. And then for each of those things, go through and and say, how do I want to do this? What's the easiest and most fun way? And then talk to your spouse, talk to yourself, do some writing about what the bare necessities are and what you actually need in order to accomplish those goals. Okay, you guys go make a mess. Have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, share this episode with a friend who you want to chat with about it. 
Also, leave a review for the show so we can reach more soulful mamas looking to love the magical humanity that surrounds them at home. If you really are digging this scene, come check out The Knowing, the inner circle for confident home creating. Find all the info about it as well as a full transcript of this episode over at carlythornock.com.